Welcome to Ideas Are Bulletproof, a production of the Press Pause Network. And uh, another week goes by. Happy 6th of April. We missed April Fool's Day. Uh, yeah, there was quite a few fools out on that day. I was, that was my joke. I was going to use that. Oh. I had that stocked and stored. Really. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's a liberty, isn't it? What am I like? <laughs> but yeah, no, nailed it. Nailed it. Absolutely nailed it with the uh, the sheer amount of fools. Every week, I hope this this has to ease off ever so slightly. Alas, here we are. I think the uh, the roadmap has made a lot of people yield and decide to just kind of throw away any any resistance whatsoever. And obviously, we're only uh, six days away from the reopening of our, our country's national pastime of just being able to shop. Do you know I went down to uh, a local retail park earlier? And it was absolutely mobbed. It, it could have been a, a, a Saturday, like a busy, busy Saturday. Uh, and there wasn't a single parking space free or anywhere to, to park at all. And I think, wow, what is, is this? I, I never know how to take things anymore. I think, oh, good on you guys for, you know, kind of getting out there. And even when you're not technically allowed to leave your home, apart from the most essential of journeys, you're all out here buying God knows what. And it's, I mean, it's not the only place that was open is B&Q. A Halfords and a pound stretcher. So I don't know, unless pound stretcher's got a new line of I mean that's where most people are stocking their masks from. So maybe they're preparing for the, the deluge coming up. Speaking of masks, I don't know, but I think everyone that I seem to come in contact with that seems to be, you know, um sound minded, I've just reminded them of the ethylene oxide um sterilization in the masks. To be, you know, a good Samaritan, you know? Absolutely. And the, as we mentioned, the rest of the media jumped on that straight away. Isn't it funny? They're, they're so obviously a coordinated effort when it comes to debunking these things. I mean, the, these websites don't... When it... You know, remember the, the Danish mask... Was Dutch? Danish? One of them? I can't remember. Denmark. Dan- Dan- Denmark. Danish, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the mask study from Denmark, the big one, when that released, immediately, within a day or two, there were literally about three pages on Google. The top three pages were just, no, this is wrong, it isn't right, you're reading the study wrong, it doesn't say that they don't provide protection. And they're all whitewashes, of course. They didn't say, oh, well, it, it does say that they don't provide any protection for you. Um, but there was sort of more, less less of a look into how much pr- protection they provide for other people. But that wasn't the purpose of the study. So, of course, there's going to be a little bit less data on that than there was the primary sole purpose of the study, which was to prove that as you wearing a mask for protection for yourself um, and all selfless solidarity aside, that's why most people are still wearing them because they think it protects them. We haven't descended quite into that state where we're all doing things for each other. That, um, that, 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 was, a, that was a point of the study. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, but again, they jumped on that straight away. They jumped on 
anything that comes out that is is kind of very black and white in that it is it often isn't disputable what is being told they have to get there before oftentimes they get there before you can even get your friends and family to get there you know you'll send them the link or share it on facebook and a you know a couple of days later people will check it out but they say oh yeah i read what you post but they also had loads of other stuff pop up when i googled it i think the most obvious one of that was in the um in the heyday of wave one when the great barrington declaration which at that time had about two hundred fifty thousand signatures um, 10,000 of which were backed by often renowned uh, epidemiologists, virologists, and uh, basic health clinicians in general. That was completely stripped off Google. So you could go five or six pages in and it just wasn't there. And it was such flagrant censorship, not to hide it, you know, not to, to, to maybe bury it on page two instead of page one and put all their articles before then that that said, oh, the Great Barrington Declaration misses, you know, all, the, all the, the smears that came up. I could understand that, but it just disappeared from Google altogether. Uh, and the fine, fine uh, characters over at Reddit managed to, to jump on that and find that it had been completely taken off. And shortly after that revelation, it was in, you know, re-invoked back onto that and straight at the top of Google search. But it seems maybe they realised that it was getting too many hits at a certain time took it down for a week or so and then um when people couldn't find it and maybe the the interest the algorithm had had noticed there was less searches for it instilled it and obviously oh it was a glitch i think they said in the end it was just a just an error it never happens to bbc though or sky news or cnn or generally any other website but it's you know the great barrington's own website it seems to be taken down but there we go what a time to be alive, eh? It's wonderful. It is. I mean, it's only going to get worse, but it's wonderful right, yeah, for the moment. Right absolutely. Now. It's, do you know what? I, I kicked myself because there was a video I found on Twitter the other day from an American news station, and it was just preaching what we already know to be the truth. It was saying, oh, you know, this, uh, this just in. <laughs> just in a, a year ago, anyway. But this just in, as of this week coronavirus deaths are being uh coronavirus is being used as the cause of death when it isn't the cause of death and it was a a big look into america's numbers and they said oh you know of the the 180,000 people that we tracked they didn't track the full way needless to say they wouldn't need to given the uh, the consensus but they said oh of that 180,000 when we looked into it 55,000 of them died from heart attacks and 24,000 of them died from diabetes Another 12,000 was in stroke. Another 13,000 were from uh, Alzheimer's or uh, dementia-related. Um, and I didn't save it at the time. I don't know why. I was so inundated trying to sort of make a compilation of all the links and videos and images and all the memes that you know one would use in their arsenal on a daily basis. I didn't save the video, and then I've been trying to find it today, and it's just non-existent now. It's just gone. I'm sure it's out there somewhere on the Twitter sphere, but it really is the the sign of the times now that when something's there, it's only really there for your immediate time. After that, if you try and find something after, even often 24 hours, if you go and try and hunt down for it, it just doesn't exist anymore. It just doesn't seem to be there. And of course we know it's has to be at least partially an onus to, to Silicon Valley and the big tech elites anti-covid misinformation or whatever they want to glorify it as now 
as their uh, their their attempt to clean up their internet and things like that. Of course, they're not they're not publishers. We have to remind we have to constantly remind ourselves as they remind ourselves. They're not publishers. They're uh, they they're just a platform that lets you post what you want, unless it's um, anti COVID, of course, or or really, it's not anti COVID unless it tells the truth about COVID, and then it's uh, it has no place on the. Uh, they suddenly manage to switch into the publisher state just from there. Always good, always interesting. Did you see? Um, I only just saw it just before. We set up for tonight, but uh, Paul Joseph Watson um, of InfoWars put up a, a, a video on the vaccine passports. And for all the, the the kind of back and forth regarding PJW and Alex Jones and all those individuals, and I'm sure, I mean, I'm I, 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 you'd have to be certain really that they are gatekeepers because of the platform size they have and the fact that they are allowed to exist, especially on YouTube. They have to be gatekeepers. But as mentioned before, they're still, even if they're giving you half of a red pill, it's still more than what you're getting in a lot of other places. So we have to kind of take what we can get to some degree and maybe if people get led the wrong way. Uh, I, I mean, I know InfoWars tends to push more towards the notion of a deep state and less towards what we know need uh, what we know to be the truth, which is more of a what would you call it a, a, a cult like uh, satanic or luciferian elite. The the real truth that they're kind of is hidden behind the deep state and the government and the money and the suits and the black ties. Um, they they yeah they sit more to the deep state, so they kind of open the door for you, and then you kind of get caught up in the notion that it's all just politicians doing it for money and more money and more money and more power and more greed but i suppose you know if, if it has mentioned before if we've if we can demonstrate anything from what's going on right now they have all the power and uh certainly seems as though they have all the money from the sheer amount of billions that they're not only chucking out to float our national health service but also to the trillions of debt that they're willing to let us sink into without any kind of recourse or uh, attempt to right the ship. So it's, it's very obvious right now that money is, is essentially fictitious to them. Obviously to us, the great chain around our ankle, the ball and chain that keeps us pushing on. But for them, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, a, it's a control method, isn't it? Absolutely. <sighs> what a, as, I, as I said so many times, it's... Um, it's it's such a great time to be alive, isn't it? <laughs> if if they announced on April Fools that it was just a joke, I do you know what? I still don't know how relieved I'd be. I I, I honestly don't know. I don't think at this point I'd have the ability to laugh it off for a, for a year and a bit's worth of torture. Do you feel in a way that like throughout the last year, your research has been pushed? even more and uh i don't know maybe you've you've learned even more just because of this whole thing yeah i, I would say so oh yeah i would say i would definitely I, I think the we're beginning to see the the grand plan you know as, as nathan would say the great work is presenting itself before our very eyes and it's it's it is a, a very bittersweet place to be because 
at, at one hand, you've never had more evidence for what's going on. And obviously, we all know that you can speak about 9-11 and you can speak about MK Ultra and Operation Northwoods and, the, as I said, the Satanic Elite. You can speak about all these things. Uh, and no one cares. No one cares about them because it doesn't affect them. You know, their, their life carries on regardless of theirs. You know, whether there's a satanic elite that runs the system, they couldn't care less. You know, whether, you know, the, the, the frequency which we must not mention turns out to be just a, a slightly, slightly faster internet by a case of milliseconds or it has the capacity to be used or utilised in some medium as a weapon. They don't care about that. It is of no consequence whatsoever. It's just a, it's just another stamp on the back of their smartphone or their tablet or whatever the case is. Just another USP of it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's it should be a time of great enlightenment. It really, really should be that time when we can get collectively our families and friends together and go see. This is what we've been talking about for so many years. This is it. You know, you can see it. But of of course the, 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 the one world government as it's quickly forming, the technocracy, the elite, have already expected that. Have already you know, they know we exist, they know we're here. Whatever medium you're on, if you even if you use WhatsApp, uh, and again this is partly why WhatsApp wants to change its terms of service and get you onto the, the Facebook family, they know about you already. Especially if you're if you're not towing the line, they've already got the profile built on you. I'm absolutely sure they've got a profile built on myself and Chris and each and every one of us, you know, dissenter, disobeyer, you know, and, and we're seeing more and more of that in the, the these guys are anti-vaxxers, these are conspiracy theories, these are truthers. They're all going to be labels. I know China has their, uh, their underclass, don't they? Their, what would you call them? Their slave class. I never remember how to pronounce their name. The uh, Uruguas or your way you got, I can't remember how you say them because it's a difficult one to pronounce unless you follow them. But they, yeah, they have an underclass of people that are essentially the the slave labor of the slave labor, the unmentionables, you know, those, those people that are sent to these re education camps because they have such extreme views of uh, what would you call it, theism, essentially. You know, if you're a, if you're a Muslim or you're a Christian, uh, and they can't get to you on a on a level, you have some kind of outreach, then you'll most likely be collected and sent to one of these states. And they do dress them up constantly when the media comes around to be like these guys. You know, these guys are, are happy here. This is a good place for them. But there you go. It's um, it's it's and it's it should as I said, it should be the time. It should this should have been the time when we fought back. This should have been the time when we won, ultimately. And it's it's really disheartening, I have to say, that, that so many people are just going along with it, that so many people can't see. And uh, I, as I've mused before on here, I don't understand what separates us from them. I, I don't know what it is that's making us this way. It, it could have been that whatever they're dropping on us, whatever they're injecting us with, whatever's in the food, whatever substance they're using to, to shut down the critical faculties of the brain are just 
it hasn't worked on us. So perhaps we're not so lucky to be more enlightened or educated or any number of that. And, uh, you know, I could definitely attest to that because there's more educated people than both of us. But something isn't working on us. And it wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't perhaps an option that we made. Perhaps we are the, you know, in every net there's going to be a couple of fish that slip through, but you, you still would make a, a generic catch as much as you can catch 95 percent with the notion that you're not going to get every single fish and perhaps we are just the lucky ones that that slipped through at the right time um but i would say for for most people who think the way we do we're generally different people and and then that's you know patently obvious most of the time when you meet people who think the way we do we're just different people we have different mentalities and it's not you know as much as people want to go oh well you're just ignorant you know you're you're the covid idiots you just don't follow the science so many of the people that are this way inclined are the people that are the creatives the critical thinkers you know the 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 people that put way way more thought into their life than and existentialism and everything about life and why we're here and what the point is and it seems these regular people do who just hive mind and just are happy to continue i had an argument with someone earlier on youtube uh because the um the announcements are starting to creep out of the the new iphone 13 big who cares um but i posted on there i said oh it's the same you know same stuff different year um but you'll still buy it because you, that that logo that you buy is so intrinsically linked to your personality and your sense of self-worth and self-respect that it doesn't matter what they bring out, even if they bring out a rehash of last year's with no changes but colours, you'll still buy it. You know, you'll still you only paid a thousand pound last year for your iPhone, but you'll trade it in for a hundred pounds and then you'll buy another one for a thousand pound. And uh, someone replied in no short time saying, Oh, uh, you're just uh, you're just sad because you're broke and you can't afford it. And I was thinking, well, doesn't that just perfectly encompass what I just said, that you associate this brand with being successful, with being respected and, 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 and achieving, and it's just such, a, such nonsense. It's absolute nonsense what people will link to these things. But there you go, isn't it? It's, uh, it's part of the system. I, ne I never... I would be caught dead, I think, rather than buying a brand of of really anything, to be honest. The, the notion, oh, well, it's so much better quality. It's like, well, is it really? You know, and uh, definitely won't be buying, uh, what's his name? Little, little Noz's Satan shoes. Oh, man. Oh, we've arrived. We, <laughs> we oh, said at the man. tail end of last week that we would get this, but just run out of time. So let's rip. Unreal. Actually, unreal. Um, well, I've been told by the tech guy that um, that Nike didn't supposedly didn't endorse them. Oh um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They've come out now and said, "Oh, they're 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 against that," and it's not, which is which is just nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, like like they wouldn't have anything to do with it. Oh, oh we didn't know this was going to happen. Uh, yeah, it right. seems like another one of those wonderful cases where they thought this would go down really well, and people would be like, "Oh, these are so cool! Like, I want these." But it just hasn't happened. People are still not asleep enough or they're still not, what would you call it, under the spell enough to not see how much of a creep this is. I don't know. Do you know what? I think um, 
I think there's a lot more people that think it's more cool than obviously there's a lot of outrage and I think we're hearing the outrage for the shoes. Um, there's a video that he's done as well. I saw one of his music videos, which was him being bent over. And, by, uh, by, by Satan. By Satan. Yeah. And uh, that sodomized. Yeah, it's the only the only word I can really use for it. There was a lot in that video itself. A lot in that video. Do you know what? I, I saw the screenshots and I thought, surely that isn't the video. That can't be the video. So I had to search down the video and I skimmed through it as quick as I could. And I was like, oh God, it is in there. And um, yeah. You know, the, the beginning of the video itself starts in the, the garden mm. with the serpent. Mm. And it shows the seduction of the serpent. Yeah. Um, so he's he's getting seduced by the serpent. I think he's playing either Adam or Eve. I don't know who he's playing. Mm. Um, and then um, then it goes to the crucifixion of Jesus. Mm. Um, and then after um, he's well, he's well, portray- obviously portraying Jesus. Um, so much blasphemy in that. Um, he goes down to hell to to take the keys of. Uh, of the devil, of Satan. And then at the end, he puts the thorns on his head to like say that he's taken the keys. Probably went to the wrong place because I think the Catholic Church has the keys to heaven, <laughs> don't they? Last time, as they like to, you know, to, to put all over their, uh, put all over Rome in their, their imagery. But yeah, it was, it was absolutely gross. It was absolutely gross. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he was gay either. It's quite, unusual to have a you know a, a, a gay black rapper these days i know behind closed doors there's some rituals and uh that's being more and more encouraged i think terry cruz was it terry cruz who came out um i think it was terry cruz but anyway if it wasn't terry cruz who said it terry cruz did speak about when he was just kind of coming into the limelight you know going to these parties where these big named male directors would come up to him and just grab him in the inappropriate places. It it was Terry Crews. Uh, And he would, you know, effectively say, you know, he was a big muscular guy, but felt immediately emasculated. And he would step back from these directors and be like, you know, what the hell are you doing? Like, what, what is this? And he said, there were people that would stand and watch, you know, when he, when he looked around, there were people almost standing in a kind of circle watching this thing happen. And he would go to, he would see these directors go into these back rooms with the the black celebrities and black artists and things like that. And he said he could see in some of these instances what was going on. And it's obviously a sexual nature between these these people. And that's something that Terry Crews has spoke about and you can find the interviews and Elijah Woods has spoke about it as well. Yes. Um, And uh, again, I'm not sure if it's Terry Crews who carried on to say this. But he said that there is a, a humiliation ritual essentially in um, the black Hollywood scene where they're increasingly trying to put men, black men in dresses, in drag, you know, to feminise them and to kind of seed those into the culture. You can see that in, you can look for pictures, Will Smith, The Rock, um, Jamie Foxx. Jaden Smith as Jayden well. Jaden Smith. Um, the list goes on. It's Endless. Martin Lawrence did his role as um, Big Mama. 
um, Eddie Murphy, um, loads. It's odd, isn't it? Because when you kind of really look into it, there are so many black roles, you know, even if you take something like silly, like white chicks, there's so many roles where black men are made to play women or again, feminized, made up in makeup, dressed up um, and just made to encompass those kind of feminist, feminine embodiments. And I don't know, again, if this is, um, this is anecdotal, um, but it's always been my kind of experience that especially in, in, in white culture, there's quite a lot of, I don't know how to phrase it really, but you know, white men are kind of encouraged or they're kind of, it's okay to be a little bit camp, you know, a little bit silly, a little bit kind of vulnerable and a bit feminine in generally in white culture. You know, lots of guys are not afraid to to be overly bro-y. But it's always seemed, at least as a an, an external um, observer, that in a lot of black cultures, that homosexuality and, and, and even dancing around that is not even... Is, is basically fighting talk. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's what it, it has always seemed observing. You know, when you watch, um, there's some silly pranks, you know, that you'll find on YouTube and all this stuff, you know, where you'll get a guy, you know, I watched one the other day who would walk up to people and be like, oh, do you want to kiss? And they're like, what? And he'd be like, do you want to kiss? And the prank was he had a pack of Hershey's Kisses and then he would wait for the reaction and then pull them out and be like, oh, do you want to kiss? And they'd be like, ah, oh, and it seemed like most of the, the, the white guys he was going to were being like, you're weird, like get away from me or laughing it off. When the, the, the black guys he went to were instantly like, you're going to get your head kicked in. Like immediately, like don't even talk about that stuff. Don't bring that stuff up. It's quite a, and again, maybe that's uh, down to like more of a cultural historic roots um, where again, white civilization, the white population has been, on the has essentially been attacked and watered down and feminized for God knows how long. Um, and that the, the, the stance is now changing, you know, we've kind of, um, we've, we've feminized Western men, European men. Um, and now let's move on. But it's, it's something to, if you're watching a film and you kind of catch it, do kind of keep your, keep in that alpha state and look out for it because you, you realize how much they, use it constantly do you know what I mean? how much they they use that um i was watching the film the longest yard the other day the the remake if you've seen it with adam sand yeah with adam i was sand, watching yeah. it the other day as well, well. Yeah. yeah yeah it I got recommended on netflix and i was like do you know what yes. i haven't seen that in years I'll, i think it was I'll, on sunday i think yeah i thought i'll just chuck that on because I was, I was going to sleep anyway so it's kind of like i'll put this on or something to fall asleep to but you know it has the the um all through the through the film, obviously, you've got the white guys, you've got the Mexicans, you've got the blacks, you've got all the different cultures in prison, as you would expect. But when it comes to the cheering squad, the all blatantly homosexual cheerleaders that are men because it's a men's prison, they're all black. You know, there isn't a white guy, there isn't a Mexican there, they're just all black men. You know, and the the, 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 the main character of the group um, is also a... a black man and it's again it's you you start to notice it you start to go well why are they always being portrayed as the the women why are they always being feminized why are they always in these kind of embarrassing roles and um you know maybe it's 
maybe it speaks to the notion of it's it's probably harder to get your name out there as a as a as a black actor and kind of stay present, barring the the so many names. So they'll kind of settle for it. But I honestly don't think that's that can really answer the question. To them. well, I think um, a lot of like like we were saying, um, it's when they when they dress up as a woman, it's seen as a it's meant to be an embarrassment ritual um, to get to the next step to go to the next stage. Um, I'll give an example. Um, you've got the the actor that was that played the son in the new Coming to America um, film with Eddie Murphy. Um, he he actually did um, uh, a RuPaul Drag Race show where he, he dressed in drag like for the whole for like for a competition, and that was seen as his embarrassment ritual to to get more further films down the line and obviously coming to America to be in that that is a massive film to yeah, be in absolutely. especially the sequel um, so many people are going to watch that so yeah do you think they with the embarrassment rituals do you think they're a one time affair or do you think they carry them on or is it just essentially at their whim <laughs> I don't know who knows I, I, I think it will carry on I don't think it will just be one time mm. I think if you look at Will Smith Will Smith is embarrassment rituals as I think it started off when he did a, he did a role when he was younger then obviously he's he's been put in um, he he's I think more it's more but I think he sacrificed his kids basically yeah oh absolutely so yeah, 100%. The, his son is is more feminine and his his uh, daughter is more masculine um, than feminine mm. um, and and then obviously he's he's done um been putting women's clothing for, for for certain roles um Aladdin is one of them did you see who um proudly bought a pair and flaunted the satan shoes on a no no Marley Cyrus for real yeah <laughs> oh wow with a drop of human blood yep. in them she bought a pair and she said oh i love them they're great you know here's some pictures in them looking more and more like a man actually these days miley um apparently if you put if you put them together with if you put a, a picture together her and justin bieber mm. they're, meant, they're meant to be brother and sister or do you know what there was a um it was a long time ago so someone i used to work with and Again, he kind of got me into the, the, the idea of Flat Earth um, and just generally questioning the whole kind of heliocentric model. Um, but he also got me onto a series that was on YouTube and now isn't, <laughs> no surprise, uh, called Transvestigation. And it would show you all the different celebrities like with their shirts off. It would show you their musculature. Uh, and it would show you, it would source everything from genuine anatomy. So you would get, uh, obviously all the screenshots and all the the videos showing male anatomy versus female anatomy how the shoulders are wider uh, the jawline just arms are longer generally all that kind of stuff you know typical the Adonis belt down by the stomach and then it would show you people like Justin Bieber uh, and it, it had a specific episode on Justin Bieber where it was saying you know he does not have a male musculature you know he doesn't he doesn't have the Adonis belt which is a uh, like a, a hip curvature that every man has that goes into the groin that women don't have because they have they have no need for it so their hip bones are different 
And it literally showed you him in his, you know, over the years that it wasn't even a case of, oh, he's this certain musculature, why it would hasn't developed yet. It was literally a case of he has female shoulders. He has a female stomach and female hip bones. You know, he's, his entire structure is female. And, um, yeah, it was really, really interesting. I'm sure you could still find it if you had a look on uh, a bit shoot or, or just scaled the, the, the darker corners of the internet. Um, but, of course, it went over Michelle Obama and all the other ones as well. And uh, I think Michelle is one of the the most blatant cases of... Uh, Definitely. Definitely. Uh, it, it's really bad. She's better built than Obama is. Yeah, she is. Those so. shoulders. And, I mean, she's... <laughs> I'm jealous of her shoulders, his shoulders, <laughs> its shoulders. And uh, who was it? Was it Joan Rivers? Yes, Joan who, Rivers. Who um, said, oh, she's a, she's a man. And the people were like, what? And he's like, oh, she's a man. She's a, a, a male to female transgender. And she was, ev- everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yep. And, uh, and then look what happened to her um, a few weeks later, a couple of weeks later, she was, she died. Yeah, yeah. And so she... Should have kept her mouth shut, you know, shouldn't have uh, crossed the wrong people. They probably thought, Do you know what, now she said that, she's going to have some follow-up questions. You know, anytime she gets interviewed or she goes on a show or she does any stand-up comedy, people are going to bring it up. You know, that, that comment you made about Michelle Obama being a man, give us more about that. And they couldn't possibly risk that going out. Could any, any extrapolation on that would have just been terrible. But it's uh, it's interesting. It is really interesting how many of them are. And there's not even one picture of her, Michelle Obama, being pregnant at all. She has, she's not got a single picture at all. I don't know if you saw it. It just reminded me. But did you, did you ever see? So when Beyonce was last pregnant, she sat down, and I think it was on Ellen's talk show. It might have been Ellen. And she sat down, and her pregnant stomach folded in half. So the kind of globe or orb, if you would, as her very pregnant belly folded in the middle. Wow. And it was... Was that talked about? Yeah, yeah. That was obviously in the Truth Movement that was picked up and saying, look, she is clearly not pregnant. Yeah, yeah. You know, her baby has just folded in half. But apart from that, <laughs> you know, nothing. And it's it's interesting, isn't it? And again, we've mentioned so many times the case of rituals. And we will build on this series as we go through our podcast about why the truth of what's going on is not about money and it's not about power. Because again, as as I mentioned last week and, and, and Chris um, extrapolated on how they're all related and have been related for hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of years. So the, the power dynamic has always existed and unless uh, we rise up and, and, and push back, we'll always exist. Um, and they're all related together. Uh, and the, the, the rituals they go through, the, the shows that you really love, you know, the 2012 Olympics was one we've mentioned previously, but the Super Bowl commercials and things like that, these are rituals that you that are esoteric in nature. So you are not meant to understand them. They're not for you. They're for somewhere else. They're for someone else. They're for the people that are watching that it's for, it's a celebration of them. It's not a celebration of you. And we know that there has been attempts. I mean, Alex Jones said this 10 years ago, perhaps before they really got to him. But they were finding chemicals in in 
different parts of America in in the sea, in lake beds, in rivers that was feminizing. It's become a bit of a meme now, a bit of a joke, but was feminizing frogs. So it was it was uh, and other amphibians and other creatures, mammals in general that was in you know that was feminizing them. There's endocrine disruptors in our food and water that doesn't need to be there. There are alternatives, but they keep insisting on using hormone endocrine disruptors, which will completely disrupt your production of testosterone or estrogen, sorry, in varying amounts. And you, you run into them constantly, endocrine disruptors and, and carcinogens. And uh, we've mentioned how male fertility has plummeted by 50% in 50 years. I saw a, a BuzzFeed article, I think it was, I hate BuzzFeed, but it said that um, by 2045 everyone will be infertile and we're going to have to move to a new method of having children. Or And I read the article and effectively said we're going to yes. look into lab-grown children by using cells and, and, and different, you know, scientific jargon for Did this you put that in the group? I did put that in the group. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's where I, was, I read it, yeah. But you, you again, you think, well, where are you pulling that from? And, uh, you know, I mentioned previously as we have with uh, ethylene oxide being a steriliser, that... If there, you think there would be people that would be looking and saying, oh my God, the the fertility rates of men have dropped by 50% in 50 years for the first time in history. You know, this hasn't been an issue. And now it's not only an issue, but it's a massive issue. And again, if they've dropped 50% in 50 years, that's bad enough. That's, that's endemic. They should seek to not let them drop anymore. You know, another 10 or 20% would be catastrophic, but there is nothing to say that, by 2050, you know, another 50 years, that men will not be entirely sterile. So you think there will be an organisation, because obviously they care so much about our health and our well-being, that would look at all the institutions that are using things like ethylene oxide and being like, can you use another substance that is not a sterilising agent? They're not looking at things in the vaccines, they're not looking at things in the medicine. They're not looking at things at like water in the air and the plastics and all these endocrine and saying we need to use stuff that is not an endocrine disruptor because although we don't know solely what's causing this significant and dramatic drop in fertility rates, we do know that these things are definitely not helping. But of course that doesn't really come out. And you know, but I'm sure that things like BuzzFeed are really just, uh, as I said, so many things, you, you kind of think they're an opinion piece that really exists just to make kind of money until you follow them up and find that, you know, BuzzFeed is owned by this news organisation, which is owned by Disney, which is owned by this government, this bank, this such and such and such. They don't need money. You know, the money is what they use to create the stories and to, to, to weave the seeds into your mind. And that's all it really is. This is why... When we were saying things six months ago, eight months ago on the podcast, whenever we started, and then it came true, people were like, well, how did you know? You know, How did you know these things are coming? And it wasn't some kind of telepathy or some you know, psychic premonitions we've had. It's that we recognise the media as just being a sower of seeds. It's a psychological platform that exists to tell you what is coming. As we've said so many times, you know, the television tell a vision that's what it's there to do it's to tell you a vision of what is to come and then when you tune into that you're tuning into a program you're being programmed to accept what is coming and there's been just so many examples of this and 
oftentimes people will pick up things from things like The Simpsons or Family Guy or many, many other things. Um, but it's uh, it's super interesting. Did you see, um, I think I was going to bring it up tonight. I'm not sure if I shared, I did share it in our group earlier actually. But uh, Project, it was around on Twitter today, Project Runway from 2019. They had a contestant on there called COVID. Yeah, I saw this a few months ago. And yeah. the mask, they, they were wearing a mask, right? Yeah, they, they took their mask off. And then the presenter of the show said, oh, COVID, can you put your mask back on? Yes. And I they did. put their mask yeah. back on and they just stood there in this um, matching kind of dress and mask combo. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how common a name COVID is, but I'm I'm sure a year earlier that can't be any kind of coincidence. It's definitely not a coincidence. No way. No way is that a coincidence. So. And, and that's a seed sown. Mm. And, I mean, you don't really realise what you're... There, there are... This is, what really, this is something that really frustrates me on a personal level. This idea of, you know, alphas and betas, you know, alpha men and things like that, you know. And the interesting thing is they're always propagating and promoting. They're saying, oh, you want to be an alpha. You know, alphas are the successful ones. They're the, the, the leaders, the rulers. Be alpha, be alpha. But when you're watching programming or when you're listening to music and you're not really listening to it, you're, you know, you're watching TV, but you kind of kick back. You're just watching what is in front of you. You're not, you know, if someone told you to stop the film you're watching, for example, and write down everything that you know about it. You know, to write some details. They said, oh, what colour shirt was this person wearing? You know, uh, what did they order for lunch? What were they drinking? You know, what are they, any of that kind of thing. You can't do it. And that's because you're in an alpha state of mind. And an alpha state of mind is literally a, a, an autopilot where you are absorbing information, but you're not in the beta state where you are critically analysing that information. You're essentially just a sponge. So... Again, when they have things like uh, Project Runway with COVID and his mask or her mask or their mask, I'm not sure of their pronouns, you're in that alpha state. You're not looking for things like that. And, of course, it was 2019 when that aired. So when they mentioned COVID and, oh, COVID, can you put your mask back on, that doesn't register to you because that, that, that hadn't happened yet. But that seed was sown. And you don't realise how easy we are. It was it was a, a, another piece in the Happen Network's New Normal film where they had the new tech elites on stage talking about how in five to ten years, 50% of the workforce is going to be entirely obsolete and run autonomously by machines. But they had a the chap on there who was opposed to it, who was saying that humans are now hackable creatures. You know, we like to think that we're with this great, mysterious, uh, cryptic key, but we're not anymore. We're entirely hackable. And psychologists and, and behavioural specialists have known for decades now what they have to do to hack you as a person. And they don't even see you as, as organic material anymore. They see you as a machine that, that can be hacked through certain words, certain phrases, certain images, colours, uh, biomarkers, all these different things. And uh, there was actually a patent a couple of years ago that Google made where they said that they could strobe. While you're watching TV, they could strobe a, a light that would be, you wouldn't see the strobe whatsoever. It would be, you know, um, you could happily watch your program without ever knowing this strobing was happening, this frequency. 
But what would happen, it would make you forget that you had seen what you had seen. So say you could watch, I don't know, my partner loves Friends. So say you could watch Friends and you've seen Friends a hundred times. You know, she leaves it on in the background when she's doing things. She, I feel she could write the script for Friends if it's ever destroyed, as could many people. Now, Google has a pattern, a working pattern for a type of television screen where you can watch Friends and that strobe will make you forget that you'd ever seen that episode. So you're watching it and a joke comes up and you go, oh my God, I, that's hilarious. You know, you laugh like the first time you'd seen it. Which is, in a way, you go, that's awesome. You know, I'd love to experience watching a series I'd seen so many times again and having that same kind of joy. But it's only when they use it that benefits you. You know, imagine they'd, uh, they'd shown you a news, you'd seen on the news where they said, oh, we've uncovered tonight that COVID deaths are actually being, or other deaths, being classed as coronavirus. And you go, oh my God, oh, I've got to tell people. And then the next day you see another news report but it's, it doesn't say anything about that. And you've forgotten that you've seen the other news report because they're using this strobing in the background. So they can actually make you forget that you've seen things that you've seen. They can make you, they can replace your memories with new memories, with fresh ones. Which, you know, I, I think perhaps that could be somewhat to do if anyone's ever heard of the Mandela effect before. So for those of you who haven't, when Nelson Mandela died, there was a massive outrage of people, hundreds and hundreds of thousands across the whole world, who said, Nelson Mandela died years ago. And even celebrities would come out and say, I went to his funeral. You know, I, I was part of the procession of his funeral for when Nelson Mandela was... Nelson Mandela died of... I can't remember what they said he died of, something like kidney failure, or he died in prison, or something to that effect. Yeah. And then again, eight years or so later, he died again, and people were like... People were going, he died. Like, I've got articles on it. I've got this, that, and the other. And you find that this is not unique to Nelson Mandela, that there are entire things that people know um, as fact. But it doesn't exist anymore. And there's so many good... I mean, uh, Forrest Gump had one where it was always, you know, the, the signature phrase, oh, life is like a box of chocolate. You know, life is like, because he's telling a story, life, as he's alive, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And people had this tattooed on them. There were artworks done with that. There were books done with that. There were all sorts of, of paraphernalia because it was a famous quote. And then it comes out and he said, oh, Thomas Hanks never said that. He said, life was like a box of chocolates. So even when he's sitting there talking about his life right there and then. He said, oh, life was like... That doesn't make sense grammatically for a start. But then people would go back to all these things they had and said it would, it had changed. Um, and there's one biblically where it says the, um, the, the lion will lay with the lamb, meant to personify the two different you know, sides of the attributes of Jesus. Um, and then it's changed now. So the lion and the lamb has been what would you call it, has been portrayed in biblical art across decades, centuries. You know, there are paintings, time memorial of a lion and lamb lying together because that's a quote. But now it isn't lion and lamb anymore. It's a lion and the wolf will lie together. Which, again, there's people that have... I'm like most people, you know, if I'm gonna, I've got tattoos. But with my tattoos, 
I've gone online and I've found the quote or the words that I want to get tattooed on me and I've made sure the spelling is correct. I've made sure it's right. I've made sure, you know, you, you, if you're going to get something committed on you, and this is even, if, when, if we're going to discount the, the as I said, the, the decades and centuries of classical work and literature, which has said lion and lamb, even if we're going to dismiss that, and we're just going to go, oh, tattoos. People have had lions and lambs and that particular quote tattooed on them. Uh, again, people have found out that, that some Bibles still have lion and lamb and other Bibles have lion and wolves. But these people would come up and say, this has been my favourite quote for my whole life. I've been Christian for 40-odd years. It's lion and lamb. But when I've opened my Bible and I've gone to that bookmark where I left it on that quote, it's lion and wolf now. And it's 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 just crazy. It's really is crazy. And people have obviously linked that to the uh, Large Hadron Collider because that disappeared, didn't it? Strangely enough, you know, all of a sudden they were going to unearth the secrets of the universe, and they were looking for the God particle, which was specifically its name, the God particle. And there's all these things about oh, you could open a black hole, you could open a parallel universe, you could do all these different things. We shouldn't be playing with atoms on this kind of molecular level. And then billions and billions and billions of pounds were put into them. And then we never heard anything about them again. We never heard anything. I mean, they're still running today. And there's been celebrations and rituals in London and America and all around the world where the, the kind of Hadron Collider has been woven into them. But no one hears anything about them. So... Either they didn't work, but then why wouldn't you decommission them? I can imagine the cost at keeping them running must be absolutely exorbitant. So that kind of thing running 24-7 and staffed and manned and maintained. You know, it's not exactly a washing machine they're working with there. It's sometimes tens of miles of some of the most advanced machinery known to Earth, you know, to smash atoms into each other at basically light speed for intents and purposes. And we hear nothing about them. It's just disappeared. So it does make you wonder. But anyway, as, as, as kind of the, the diatribe that they said into, the notion that, that any of us really have free will is becoming more and more fictitious. Because if we had free will before, again, in the, the, the preliminary, they're using behavioral scientists and they're using psychologists to say right if you say this this and this people will do this this and this and then you do so they are kind of they're using this their their, their sciences to make very very informed very educated or they would be essentially premonitions of what is going to happen and how it will play out and as well the what we have available to us at the essentially consumer level, is nothing. Is not even on the planes of which they have at their level. So we've mentioned so many times that the, the medicine available to them, the the, uh, the the food sources available to them, the literature available to them, is unique to them. And it's something that you will never, ever be able to lay your eyes on, uh, and it's something that you will never know. So there are entire truths about existence in the universe and us as a species, our origins, our existence, that we are not going to be privy to because we, we're not of the enlightened. And obviously, very much that's how they hold power. I do think so many of the, if they're not raised in captivity, for want of a word, 
so many of these celebrities that are brought over to this side are brought over with you know all those intrinsic questions you have about the human condition and why we're here our purpose well we have the answers to them but you only get the answers if you're on our side and i imagine a lot of those revelations are how they do the things they do to us how they dehumanize us as as people because you know i mean say for example and this is just completely arbitrary and, and somewhat hypothetical i know there is a name for it but uh probably simulation theory but if we were all just a simulation and they had the information on that they had the truth on that then they could do whatever they want to do because regardless of how we feel pain and anguish and torment and depression anxiety and sadness and all these very real emotions even if they're simulated they are as close to us as we could expect them to be organically and uh again that could be a truth they could hold against us but you know in some degree you could you could maybe empathize with that notion but i honestly if what they were doing and this is why we kind of when we said earlier in the in the episode that it's not a deep state that it is a specific satanic luciferian cult that are running things it's because they find what is biblical and then they go against it they find what is normal and natural and then they go against it and they don't take things out of the quran and they go oh let's go against this let's make a blatantly um anti anti-muslim anti-quran sentiment let's weave these rituals into a program i remember when uh myself my partner nathan and his partner went to rome in 2019 um and we had a guided tour where nathan could recognize so much of the symbology and the pine cone and the keys to heaven and the bees and all these different things and it's really educational because we uh, myself and my partner went there once and we went there again with them and the second time around was so much more illuminating because he could recognize the things that i hadn't seen the first times which is really good um but just as we left and this was october 2019 the vatican put up a massive golden idol sitting on a chair outside of a of a canaanite god which was known for child sacrifice and eating children and that was outside the vatican on on a massive golden you know obviously gold-plated then they're, they're you know they're they believe in themselves but not enough to put real gold on the streets of rome where all the uh if anyone's ever been there it's around the vatican a lot of homeless people like to camp down for the night because it's, it's generally a, a very you have this electricity that's in the air there and you're not quite sure what it is but there's something there and to erect this massive you know 20 foot tall child sacrifice god outside and it's biblical Again, it isn't something that goes against, you know, maybe in these Middle Eastern countries, they the governments are using stuff that's kind of anti-Muslim. But it seems out there they use that more as a stranglehold. So it is, when you really, really dig, it is quite hard to, to defend it from a, an alternative stance that, oh, it's not got anything to do with that. And, and again, silly things like the Satan shoes, the, the, the constant references, the, the 666, the 33, all these different things, they love to show up. They really, really do love to show up, and it's it's uh, yeah, very, very hard, very, very hard to believe that there isn't um, there isn't a greater work at play. And I do think that this is how they justify a lot of the things they do. 
Um, it's it's the great work. It's we we have to do these things. You know, maybe at one point they didn't like the idea of doing them, or maybe they've always seen themselves as better individuals. I, I feel it's more um, they're playing God, they're playing the the role of the Most High. Yeah, in, in prophecy. So obviously, there's there's um, the Bible is um, is prophecy. Book of Enoch is prophecy. Yeah, um, and the uh, the devil copies. And uh, yeah, which you you've seen in like you know the pagan gods like Nimrod. So I said about you know Easter with with us going through yeah. this. You know, um, I I everyone was saying oh happy Easter, happy Easter on various groups I'm part of, and I had to put up there all oh, you know happy pagan worship of the end of the uh, winter <laughs> equinox, Easter and Ishtar, yeah. um, and all these things. And again, if you there's probably people who read that who thought this guy's nuts. <laughs> you know, this guy's objectively insane and he's weird. But if you Googled Eastern pagan origins, it's not even, it's not, it's not, it's hidden. not, it's not hidden. No, no it's it's not it hidden. tells you that Easter is a pagan origin and that yeah. the, the rabbit is a symbol of fertility. The eggs were, were harvest um, for nine months on, and um, the eggs, um, uh, they hatched at what the twenty fifth of December, Tammuz's mm. birthday. Mm. But these eggs were dyed in baby's blood, which were which were sacrificed, and that's where you get the the Easter eggs from. It's gross, isn't it? It's so gross. And how many people, again, will will buy their eggs and they'll give them to their kids, and they symbolically will carry out this ritual, but they don't know that it's a ritual, mm. and. It's it's hard, isn't it? I I often think, what spiritual protection do you have? What spiritual armor do you still have, if you engage in these rituals? And I would always like to think that there's there's probably rituals that I have engaged in and, and will continue to engage in, and knelt before God, and shown these things. I could make the defense. Do you know what? I didn't realise it was a ritual, but I've been looking for them. Do you know what I mean? I've been, I'm aware of the evil that's amongst us and I've been looking for these things. And when I find them, I call them out. And I can evidence and demonstrate that these are things that I'm aware of. And of course, you know, the devil's primary power is, is to deceive. So some of these things are so well woven and the truth has been so chopped up and castrated essentially that you can't find it. So there is some limited responsibility or, 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 or onus where you can say, look, I, I tried, I couldn't find it. You know, I couldn't find these things. As is so often with the, um, what's the, uh, the, the, the Father, the Son and the Holy Ghost. Again, the, the, the Trinity has such a massive root in paganism yeah. with the three heads. And again, it's... Uh, it's you don't realize that there have been many historic trinities within paganism, mm -hmm. even right down to you know Isis, Horus, and Set, and the the whole rise of uh, Horus and Osiris and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, the same sort, same story remixed. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, Odin, you, you, you yeah, you push that stuff <laughs> because you go, oh, it's well, it's in the Bible, but you have to think. Why would they let the Why would they let the Bible exist in a state that it couldn't? I mean, Chris has already mentioned with the Book of Enoch, that, that, that gives you many great insights into 
us as a civilization and where we've been historically. And it gives you, a, I think it gives you, the Book Renot gives you one of the best insights into who they are and yes. why they do what they do. Yes. Uh, and then they said, oh, it's not biblical canon, you know, preceded, I think preceded the Bible, didn't it, by some time and uh, is, is as authentic as it can be. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we're not going to make this canon. We don't want your regular Christian reading the Book of Enoch. We really, really don't want them to see this. And you think, well, why not? You know, what's wrong with it? It doesn't really, it isn't, you know, in a juxtaposition between the rest of, of, of what's going on. It's really because they, they want you to read their version, mm-hmm. you know. And we know that with the Council of Nicaea and Constantine and... 325 AD. Yeah, and the Catholic Church has, has there's been so many revisions of the Bible. And uh, it's actually interesting. Someone found some pictures of... A Bible that they actually said dated back as far as maybe even Sumerian era. And in it, it had so many depictions of uh, demons and things like that um, that are modern. So it had sort of depictions of Paimon, which, as I mentioned last week, is the demon that's been worshipped in the film Hereditary. And it's weird that you realise lots of these things have existed for the longest time. I think the Bible obviously says there's nothing new under the sun. And it's you, you realise that a lot of the stuff that's been pushed on us is just regurgitation. It isn't new. You know, when they come up with a new product or a, a new symbol or a new language or a new, you know, anything like that, you know, a, a new Kickstarter pops up like, you know, Tesla maybe, for example. You think, oh, they've come out. They haven't come up with nothing. You know, this is a reimagination. Definitely. Of of technology that they've always had, they've already seeded. Yeah, very interesting. Again, I'm I'm looking forward to the to the episode when we can rip a lot of this apart. But I think we've discussed amongst ourselves that, that one of the better ways is for us to kind of weave it into what we're talking about, as opposed to just doing this is the episode of kind of all this stuff in one go not only because there's a lot of information so there's a lot for you to hear there's a lot to research and there's also a lot for us to research as well to make sure we bring you all the correct information um but it's yes it's a lot to take in and i think ideally breaking down the walls that exist in your reality right now your immediate reality you know the 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 vaccinations the covid passports the idea of money your free will all of these immediate obstacles that you know that you can relate to to break them down first is important because then when you see that so much of what you believe is not actually real it's just an illusion a smoke screen then you're in the right place to understand or to accept what the reasoning is behind it the truth behind it is so we will definitely do an episode where we name names and we effectively can can really deep dive and we can look into the the, the writings of Albert Pike and Bertram Russell and um, Manly P. Hall who does some, some good books on it and give you lots of references and lots of information but at the same time, we again, we're not really looking to overwhelm you too much stuff that will give you too much to think about and again, as it was, as it has been in my case, I'm sure Chris will attest to this as well. There are lots of lots of pages and lots of misquoted scripture and lots of stuff that looks to catch you. So when you say, for example, 
you are atheist. You've come into this podcast completely atheist. Uh, and you've conceded through the kind of sheer mountain of evidence every week that, you know what, it doesn't feel like it's about power because they have the power because they're running the whole world right now and no one can seemingly stop them. It's not about money because they dropped, you know, 390 billion into the NHS just on a cuff. You know, and the economy is being destroyed and they know it's being destroyed, but they don't care. So money can't exist. People go, oh, it's money, power, control. They have control. They've got control. They're on the steering wheel right now. You know, we're the guys on the back foot trying to stop them. And when you realise that those paradigms, they don't exist, you might go, well, that's what I believed in. I believe that these this is happening based on human pursuits. You know, but this is their poison. This is this is why these people do these things. But when you don't, it's trying to find your other view. Uh, and then you could concede, well, maybe they're just evil. Maybe they're just really evil people. Maybe they get a kick off this. Maybe they're psychopaths and sociopaths. But I don't think you could have a, a, a psychopathic or sociopathic um, state that could exist for as many generations as it has in this family structure for as long as it has, to be unchallenged for as long as it has, and that would inspire this level of collusion and cooperation, eventually it would implode. You know, you could imagine if you got a bunch of psychopaths together, all unrelated, that it would tear itself apart in no short order. But these, these dynasties, these empires, have existed, as we said, for thousands of years, and they can be traced back to thousands of years as well. There's something holding these people together that's more than simply money and the love of hurting people. There's, there is a, an ethos there, a mantra there, a dogma there, that is what allows them to do what they do and feel that they are right to do it, that they're just to do it, and that they have the ability to do it as well. That it's for the betterment of the species to do it. Which again is is eugenics, is what we've talked about so often before. People that ultimately believe that they have a right to exist and they have a right to be happy and have healthy, happy children and live good lives while you don't have that. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to episodes where we can we can deep dive more into that definitely i i, I mean i don't want obviously we're not gonna go into it deep today but i just want to say one quick thing about the book of enoch if anybody had any doubts or is told that this is not um an authentic book all right listen to this one right when jesus was asked by his disciples, when would the end times be? He said it would be like the days of Noah. Now, in the Bible, Genesis 6, how much does it tell you about the days of Noah? Very little. But when you go to the book of Enoch, it tells you everything about the days of Noah. And when and in the book of Enoch, it tells you, it says at the beginning that it, it's not for this generation, but a future one to come. In 1948, the book resurfaces in the um, Dead Sea Scrolls, which means that it is for this generation, that book, which is, and we are living right now in the days of Noah. Absolutely. And it makes sense why they don't want you to see it because then you would recognise 
the signs that we are in these end times. And it's really important for them to, to, to think that, again, when you see things like the rise of, uh, of homosexuality and then transsexuality, which is leading on to the next, what would you call it, the penultimate evil of what they're going to bring out. It's not coincidental, but if you didn't know this stuff, you believe it is. You would believe, you know, you would support the culture. You would happily have, you know, how many cases have we had where they have have brought drag queens, full blown drag queens with a beard, into schools to read stories? Um, there was a video on Twitter the other day of a mum reading her, you know, her son was reading this book. You know, he was like, "L is for lesbian," and G is for gay, and she goes, "Oh, tell me the title of the book you're reading." He's like, "Oh, it's the uh, the gay BCs, I think they called it, or something like that." And this kid must have been four or, or five, and you just think, you don't need to put this into a child's head. It's of no benefit to a child, you know, to to have that in their head. And again, that I think people will conflate that and go, "Well, if you're not if you're not talking about it." If you're not making people aware of it, you're essentially homophobic because you're trying to bury it. And it's not trying to bury it. It's the same way I wouldn't expose my child into heterosexual sex and acts like that and that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I We didn't grow up with that kind of stuff, that kind of imagery, that kind of conditioning, even for the the, the heterosexual paradigm if you will we allow you to you know you're effectively allowed to become who you become and that shouldn't be down to any kind of encouragement or or pushing it it really really shouldn't come down to that and i i mean i personally i can say that whoever you choose to sleep with whoever you're romantically attracted to it doesn't mean that you have to have a culture where you're going into schools and you're telling children, prepubescent children, you know, who are five, six, seven, the correct way to, to sleep with a man and how to use contraceptives. It, it has no place. It has no place. Um, and again, all part of the, the idea to to essentially sexualize children as, as early as possible. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, again, it's... I, I I wouldn't there's you know and and I don't want to get it twisted so even when I run into to guys that are as I mentioned earlier that say they're alpha you know they're they're all they're all they're talking about is their sexual pursuits and this that and the other I can't wait to get away from them I can't stand that that laddish culture of of you know f and chuck I won't swear you know the words f and c that kind of juvenile culture where men are just boys that can't control themselves i can't stand being around that either because i don't think it makes men it just makes boys who father children and leave children to be you know to be raised by a a mother on their own or worse thrown into social care or foster care because the parents you know were too young it's not something that's good for us as people and civilization And, and the book of enoch you know mentions as chris said so many times of when the end times are here the this is how you will recognize them this is how you see them and so many people go well every every civilization has said they're in the end times but the end times has never been more feasible 
than it is right now. It's never been more possible than it is right now. And again, that's why we, when people go, oh, look, just wear your mask, you know, just have your vaccine passport, just take your vaccine. We recognise it for what it is. It isn't just anything. It's just everything. It's conceding to an entire existence, a beast system that is the downfall of us. And people can't see it because they've... And again, it's, it's not always people's fault because they keep it out of your hands. And, and when you can find it, oftentimes, you'll find that it's, uh, again, held by gatekeepers and, and individuals who give you some information. Others not. But yeah, we will... Um, I think, have a look at the Book of Enoch. And if you're not much of a reader, because like any biblical or religious scripture, it will be word heavy. I think Woodward TV... So Wood, Wood, uh, Ward, W-A-R-D, TV, all on one, one word on YouTube. He did a about a 15-minute video on the Book of Enoch uh, and what it entails in there and then shows you um, sites around the world and landmarks and the evidence, essentially the visual evidence to support what is being said in the Book of Enoch. So if you just want a quick kind of introduction into it, that's definitely a good place to start. And he's generally a good YouTube channel. Um, hasn't posted as much these days as he used to. But, um, yeah, that's a, a great place to start. And there's obviously lots of references on um, on YouTube. Um, but we'll leave um, esotericism and uh, the occult. We'll, we'll leave here briefly. Uh, or return to, or, or venture on to some of the headlines for the week. It depends what Neil Nas does, isn't it? Pretty, the next, uh, pretty much, week. yeah. I mean, if the if the Satan shoes sell well, we're gonna get Satan hats and Satan gloves and. But listen, there's um, his video on YouTube. I can't remember how many views it's got. It's got, I think, eighty one million views. Wow, three point something million likes. Do you know I'm? I know I'm out of touch because people talk about these rappers as they talked about Triple X Temptation, as they talked about. Uh, 69 as he talked about Juice World, and I have no idea who they are. No, I, I have I, never heard same. of them. And yeah. yet all these kids are singing them. You know, all these kids, are, you, you, you walk past the street and kids are singing them, people doing TikToks to them and stuff. And I'm thinking, where are you hearing of these people? Yeah. Like they're nowhere. Like they're, they're seemingly nowhere. They're, they are growing in the underground, the dark and seedy underbelly mm. of social media sites and parts of YouTube. Yeah, and uh, again, their videos always have the occult in them. Have always weave the occult into them, um, and they're just grim. It's a grim. Of course, parents parents don't want to parent these days. That's a, that's a whole other video. But they'll just say, "Oh, just leave me alone. I wasn't ready to be a parent. I didn't think you'd actually need parenting." So have an iPad and just sit on YouTube and auto play. And obviously. That's how things like Elsagate and the weird, twisted side of YouTube. Did you know about that? I think you know about Elsagate. No. So, I think I think you said it before. Yeah. I, I think if say it again, it might come back. To so there are millions of videos on oh, YouTube. Yes, yes, I know. Yeah, enough. popping yeah. up of, yes. of of famous kids characters like Elsa and Spider-Man and Batman and, and the Hulk and all these characters that, that younger kids would know. And you can search for them, but you often find that when you, say you put yourself, you put your child on a Peppa Pig video 
and you leave autoplay on. Autoplay is on a standard on YouTube, so it just goes to your next video. And after about two or three autoplays, for some reason, it always takes you to these videos. And these videos are, again, Elsa and Friends, characters that your child hides in, holds in high regard and has an emotional attachment to, are being tortured and injected and impregnated and killed and drowned and burned and all this horrible stuff. And again, YouTube found out about it. And the comments in these as well were um, like geographic locations and weird code words and in other languages and people would translate them and they're effectively talking about, you know, paedophilia and all this other stuff. And it's just really, really grim. And YouTube kind of caught the wind of it and it got on, it actually got on BBC as well. It hit mainstream news. It was that bad. And they said that they were going to crack down on it, but it's just as affluent now as it has ever been. Um, it's still there. It's still disgusting. And again, these a lot of these channels were demonetized. So they weren't claiming the revenue. And these videos were getting 3 million views, you know, per video, 3 to 10 million views per video. And these people were not monetizing them. So they could be making... Well, effectively, on that, that scope, they could be making millions of pounds, but they weren't monetizing them. So the sole purpose was just for kids to see them. And again, the effort in making them is not something that uh, an independent video producer, no matter how low effort. And again, oftentimes these videos had real actors in them, not obviously famous actors, just people dressed up as Spider-Man, things like that, you know. Um, they would want reimbursement from being in these videos. You're not really going to get anyone who's going to make, you know, 10,000 videos for free. So it's only really a, a, a government that could make these and not worry about monetization because obviously with monetization means you can follow the, the, the money and you can find out where it goes. So the benefit is if it's not monetized, the only way you really have to know where these are coming from is by, you know, a YouTube account name. And again, you can sign up with anything. You, can, you don't really have to put anything at all. No truthful information. But there's nothing linking you back to anything. No partner program on YouTube or nothing. So disconcerting. But yeah, Elsagate, you can have a look at have a look at um three things that will that give some credence to what we're talking about tonight. Uh the Book of Enoch, Elsagate, and also Pizzagate. Um yes. Pizzagate stuff you'll find less of on YouTube now. You'll just go on there and you'll find CNN saying, Oh, here's why Pizzagate is nonsense. And then completely talking about nothing, nothing at all about you know any any of the the the, the, the rationale behind it, not not touching anything, you know, just a, a complete whitewash. But head over to to Bitshoot, um, and there's lots of videos on Pizzagate that you should watch, um, and Elsagate and the Book of Enoch, and um, yeah, you'll you'll find some that will definitely again open you up to the people and the mentality. If you're gonna look at Pizzagate. I'd probably say start off with um, Out of the Shadows um, documentary. Yeah. Um, but search it on Google first. That's so hard to find, that yeah, documentary. Yeah, it is. It's so it hard to find. It is. Um, you'll find, you'll find it, it's on YouTube, but, you're, but you've got to search it. Out of, the sh- out of the Shadows documentary on Google, and you'll see it there. It's an ex-Hollywood um, stuntman, isn't it, who's worked with... A lot of the, the most of the big names, yeah, who comes out and, and it basically exposes you to the the satanic and the occult side mm-hmm. and makes some very very good 
arguments and evidence is it but it does go it's especially towards i think the first two thirds of that documentary i was watching it thinking oh, i know that i know that it's fairly i know that i know that and then the last third of it went mad yeah. really kicked off yeah really yeah. kicked off um especially people like Mer, what's her name marina abramovich oh yes yes and it showed you how lady gaga went to her to get some training some training air quotes um in the occult and then it just cuts to videos that you wouldn't find anywhere and you've never been exposed to of like lady gaga wearing like a, a mask like being made to lay in the woods completely naked mm -hmm. for hours on end you know like uh what do they call it time lapsed where she's just laying in the rain in the woods in a mask and no clothes on and it's just the most you watch it and you feel disturbed yeah. because it's not natural it's not normal and it's not something that someone of that profile would ever be seen engaging in you know and then afterwards they interview lady gaga and she's like she's a different kind of woman that woman you know she's not of this world essentially nice code for witch um but yeah we i have the shadows as yeah it's a good one it's a good one but as i said if you try and if you try and look for it on youtube you can't find it for love nor money nope. and the ironic thing when you do find it you'll find it's got about five million views yeah, but it won't. Sh you know, you'll get videos that have you know five hundred views that will pop up, and you can't find anything about it. Like nowhere. <laughs> oh, it's crazy! It's disgusting. Anyway, uh, let me whip through some of the, some of the treasures that is our modern mainstream news. Um, Daily expose number one. So they've got an article this week. Really good read, which is why it's number one. Uh, titled they're lying to you official nhs data shows only 3.5k 3500 people have died of covid19 on the daily expose website so they that's awesome article because it literally lets you go through it tells you how they're fudging the numbers and it lit it literally gives you the links to the nhs website where you can look at the numbers yourself saying that only three and a half people have actually died of coronavirus and no other comorbidity not a heart attack you know, even found someone earlier who had died from gunshots and they put him down as covid crazy mad um stuff we all knew isn't it really but it's good to see it you know it's really good to to see it and when you go oh no i don't believe that no that you know that's that's uh that's hyperbole i can't believe those numbers but then they say you can see these numbers by clicking this link and you click the link and it takes you through to the NHS's own website where you can see it there in front of you. So you can't deny it at that point because they're not saying we are saying only three and a half thousand people have died from COVID in a full year. And uh, you believe us, please. They're saying this is what we found on the NHS website of their own data. Here's where you can go and look at it. And it's again, people will still read it and go, oh, no, no, there's something going on here. But, you know, you help who you can effectively i've seen it on the news <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, matt hancock wouldn't lie to me he's got no interest in that um that guy matt hancock he he, he looks like he's um he's scared to lie i don't know like you know you can see he's lying out of his teeth but yeah it's like he's i don't know he's like his family's being held to ransom and he's he's trying to make sure he says the right thing I tell you, it, it could be, but the one thing that really got me was I think he was being questioned by Piers Morgan. I think it was Piers Morgan. Yeah. And Piers said to him, oh, you can't, you know, lock down the country indefinitely, blah, 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 blah. And he went, 
Yes, I can. I'm the health secretary. In a in a real bite, but the tone and the look in his face was this kind of don't challenge me. The the kind of look you would expect from one of these people that feel that they're better than you, these yeah. elitists. And yeah, that really struck me as cool. He's not as placid. Nah, nah, not or should I say flaccid as they're kind of presenting him. The same as Boris, mm. you know, as we said before. They present Boris as the 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 bumbling kind of fluffy haired, essentially moron. But that's just to disarm you on the immediate. And I think I, I dread to fit, you know, I'm sure he's on Epstein Island's little flight list, Boris, along with the rest of them. Matt Hancock, Bill Gates definitely is for sure. I think he's free trips he's been to Epstein's. If not, then he's probably on Richard Branson's. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of these secret islands that no one's allowed near. Um, this also from Daily Expose, UK government plans to test the entire healthy population for COVID twice weekly, despite evidence for asymptomatic spread being non, uh, near non-existent, um, which is entirely, entirely true. They did a 10 million person study into asymptomatic spread of COVID-19 in Wuhan in China, of all places. Uh, and they followed people for several months. Um, some people, they said, could actually very well have coronavirus. And obviously, they gave it months to, to spread. So 10 million people. And by the end of it, there was the most minute amount of cases of coronavirus. You wouldn't believe it. It was into the you know, the, the, the hundreds of percent. Um, crazy. Yeah, so, but again, uh, it, it, there's so much that blows asymptomatic spread out of the water that if you're, if you're not ill, if you're not presenting with symptoms, you're probably not ill. I know the government doesn't like that. Obviously, they want you to, uh, in, a, in a Munchausen by a proxy kind of way, presume you're ill until, you know, guilty until proven innocent, not guilty until, you know. Um, Act like you've got it. Yeah, and we said, in, even in episode two, you know, Carrie Mullis, the creator of the PCR test, said you can't test asymptomatic people. It's not meant for asymptomatic people because when you test someone who's asymptomatic, the reliability of the test goes down to less than 2%. And all your, all your pickup, all your pickup is some old dead RNA. And it will flag as positive, but that doesn't mean that they're infectious. This is this is old dead genetic material left over after someone has had a cold in the last six or twelve months or however long, and and given that we're we are constant we are made of viruses and pathogens and bacteria and our bodies are in constant flux, you can have many many cases of having RNA in your system, and and never actually had a bug, you know there's so many so many quote unquote bugs you have in a year where you had a, an immune response and your body managed to clear up the infection, the invader, before you ever felt fluish, before you ever had a headache or anything like that. I mean, I myself has had a couple of days, this, you know, a couple of days even uh, this year um, and last year where I, for one day I felt like, oh, I'm getting a cold. You know, I feel like, oh, I, f I just feel I've got a headache, I've got a blocked nose, like there's something isn't right about me. And I would go, oh, well, I'm prepared to maybe have a cold tomorrow. And I'd wake up the next day and I'd have nothing at all. And that could simply be that I had a very minor, minor, minor kind of flare-up 
it got cleared up as strong antibodies and immune system should do, but you're still going to have RNA in there from that almost inconceivable. So, yeah, asymptomatic, not doing it. Here's one we didn't see coming. COVID vaccine passports will start a rebellion, sage expert warns. It's in the Sunday Times. It's needless to say, really, that demonising an entire subset of the population. And and as we've said before, who is this really going to affect? You know, if you are someone who has the capacity to work from home, you know, you're somebody who works on a computer, someone who makes calls, someone who sends emails, you know, you're a, essentially an office worker and you can work from home. Whatever really happens with this pandemic, you, there's always the option for you to work from home because mm-hmm. you, your job, you know, having your fancy sky rise in London is only really for appearances. And especially when companies realise, Christ, we could save ourselves millions of pounds, tens of millions of pounds a year by not having an office and having all our guys work from home, especially in a time of economic distress, you know, they're not going to overlook that. And we know that digital working and digital learning from home, everyone being, you know, plugged into the matrix 24-7 from home, is the next, what would you call it, the the, the next great plan for everything, is the next, the, the, the goal, where we're going to move to next. And, uh, the passports are going to hit the guys that can't work from home. So, you know, your waitresses, your your bar staff, your retail staff, the guys that can't do their job from home, you know, the builders. Um, again, it was on that the, the documentary, The New Normal by Happen Network on BitChute, where the, the, the chap who was saying that 50% of the jobs in the next 10 years will be redundant was saying that you've you know you've got a fifty year old truck driver who's going to lose his job, and they're going to make the argument that there's still loads of jobs about, but he would have to retrain as a software engineer or a, a you know a yoga instructor for the new um, health ministry that's kicked up, and you know you don't have the 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 mental physiological plasticity to to retrain. I mean, I've been unemployed myself before. And I used to have to go down to, to the job centre and then I had to go to like a, uh, another place where they effectively tried to reskill you or give you some skills and, and things like that. So it was almost job centre plus, but that's not what it was called. And uh, I would go there and there were loads of like late 40s and 50-year-old men. And they'd go over to you and they'd go, right, everyone sit on these computers. You know, you get 20 guys and they say, sit on these computers and... and and, and do these literacy tests and do this, that, and the other. And obviously me, I think at that age I was about 18 or 19, I just flew through them, where these guys didn't have any idea how to use a computer. They didn't have any idea how to turn one on, how to use a mouse, how to, they couldn't type on a keyboard. It was like pulling teeth. And these are guys that had been in industries for their whole lives that had dried up or their businesses had collapsed. And now you're saying, right, well, you need to change. You know your 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 industry isn't available. There isn't a place for you anymore. You're the new useless class of people, which is a phrase that's being used. And you need to now retrain to do something. You're, and these guys just couldn't get to grips with it. And of course, for those individuals, they'll have the the universal basic income. Well, I so, say you know you've uh, say hospitality. Hospitality dries up, and they say you know you're an events organizer. 
you do this, you do that, you know, but there's no job for you anymore. So go on universal basic income and try and find yourself another job. But again, when people are getting paid to do nothing and sit at home, how many get comfortable and how many get complacent? Because it, as we mentioned so many times, it's not a natural state of being to be at work for 40 hours a week. It's not a natural way to exhaust yourself and only have two days off and then still struggle to pay your bills. And you can guarantee there will be, for those people who accept the universal basic income, there will be some allowances in regards to rent, mortgage payments or things like that as there currently is for, um, you know, for people on child benefits, working tax credits, all those kind of things. But all is redundant because the requirement is going to be you have to have your vaccine and you have to follow the rules for you to get this universal basic income. So what are they doing effectively, given that we know that both the testing uh, and the vaccines have the capacity to sterilise? They are sterilising the poor because, again, the rich don't need it. The rich can work from home. The rich can order their shopping at Waitrose online for home delivery. You know, they don't have to go into the store and go to the reduce section and look for the bargains, look for the stuff that's you know going to go out of date that day because that's all they can afford. They don't have that. They don't have that capacity. They don't have the ability to do cash-in handwork, you know, last minute because it doesn't exist anymore because cash doesn't exist. It all has to go through this, you know, this digital system that we live in and they don't have the capacity to facilitate that and it, it is going to make an entire class of useless, illiterate, new, you know, a, a, a virtual illiterate people who cannot get ahead anymore. And again, do not have the... If you've ever tried to learn something, you know, it's, you remember how you could learn stuff in school where you could read a book and visualise you were there and then you do it as an adult and you find it so much harder to focus and concentrate. That's something that only gets worse as you get older. So there, And that's why there's so many different learning styles and part of, of being a good management and a, a good leader in a role is to understand that people learn in different ways and some people need more time and less time and that kind of thing. And again, that's that, but the, the state is not going to care about that. They're essentially going to give you an online module and expect you to already be literate in something that you've had no experience in. And again, the, the, the upper class won't care because it, it doesn't affect them. Crazy, crazy. And obviously you can go, I can hear it already. There's going to be kind of two arguments. There's going to be those people, and we already see them. We've already seen them with the vaccine and the passports and everything else, saying, well, these people deserve it. You know, I went to university. I did this, I did this. This is why I have the, 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 the option to work from home. But again, you don't realise what a privileged position you come from. You know, some people, my own, you know, single parent household. And it's hard growing up like that to get steered into the right way. It's hard to get, you know, as I said before, partners and nurse at the hospital. Uh, so many of the, um, as it is often in uh, cultural families, different ethnicities, so many of them are steered into things that are profitable. So they're steered into healthcare. They're steered to being surgeons and lawyers and psychologists and doctors and all these different professions that are revenue earners. But again, if you're not steered, the world is very, very lax and you go through a lot of your life thinking, oh, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. 
And it isn't until you get to a certain age that someone says, oh, you're not going to do that and you're not going to be that because that isn't an industry that really earns money. Exactly my experience. So, you know, I went through through college and uh, earned degrees in uh, music. I need to have one really, you know, really genuinely real teacher say to the, the group at large, you know, this class of 30 people, be like, none of you are really going to make it in music because there isn't anywhere to go in music. You know, if, if some of you are outstanding musicians, and we're talking on the world level, because there are professional freelance musicians, you know, guitarists and drummers who are pianists who you can hire for several hundred pounds an hour. So, and that's what many of these celebrities do. Obviously, they're not a band. They will just hire professional musicians. They'll give them the sheet music. They'll learn it. So he said, unless you are a virtuoso, essentially, the best most of you guys will achieve is maybe doing some lights for a sound company. You know, maybe you'll work on a PA. Maybe some of you will, will be able to set up your own small independent studios. And I thought, well, I've studied music for, for four or five years now. And someone's only now telling me that it's effectively a waste of time. <laughs> and it was because so many of those people, you know, I see them now. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're, the Facebook titles, they're not working in music. You know, they're working in HR or they're working in retail or they're working in sales. You know, retail is kind of the, um, the graveyard of dreams. Because you'll get so many people in retail who have, who have either been to university and done all these different courses and got these bachelors and degrees and came out and found it was useless, or people that are going through university and haven't yet been crushed. Um, and this is where you meet the best people. You meet the dreamers and those ones that are just absolute fatalist nihilists that realise that it's all a, it was all a lie. Um, but again, if, you're, if you've got parents that, A, have that, that stored wealth and then they tell you you are being a doctor and they have that discipline to force you into that and to force you to go through with it although it might not be the best life in regards to you don't have free will you also are put in the right direction in the right foot first of all uh, and i've some friends that are quite privileged you know i have friends who family have money just set aside for their weddings that is more money than I'll probably earn in the next 25 years. You know, just in case, they're not even with someone, but just in case they get married. You know, they've got, uh, you know, 250 grand in the bank for them to get married with. And you think, wow, madness. How the other half live? But it is going to hit us. It's going to hit the, it's going to hit the guys. And it, it's, it's not even the low, it's the middle as well. Because... You might think, well, I've got some skills, but unless your skills cannot be replicated by a machine, then you're out of it. And people obviously are happy using the internet now. You know, it used to be you wanted a job. You know, you could go to a recruitment office and you could be like, this is my skills I want to get. And they would call around for you and things like that. Now you don't really need recruiters anymore because people know how to go on Indeed and read and all these different job sites and find their own jobs. They know how to do their CVs, but there's if you don't, there's CV software, there's CV apps that can write it for you when a CV writer used to be a, a, a profession. You know what I mean? So it's, it's going to hit everybody. And the sad fact is the people at the bottom can see it already and they can sense it. 
You know, they, they they've seen their jobs come become somewhat autonomous over the over the last couple of years, or that's been more and more inspired, especially now, even in my own job. There's a, a new digital emphasis. And the people in the middle think they're, they'll probably be safe and the people at the top realise it won't touch them. And only really one of those three categories are fine. But as mentioned before, if you only stand up when they come for you, there's going to be no one left because they got all the other people before you. So you need to stand up for things that might happen and not just stuff that will happen when it's already at your door. You know, you don't put a lock on your door when there's someone outside banging on it. You put it to the floor because you know it could happen. This one is just a little bit of gold, and I actually didn't pull it on the group because I wanted to spring it on Chris and Nathan tonight. This is from, yeah, this is from the Liberty Beacon, which is a, a news publication. Um, the article is called Hiding the Test Kits for Millions of Test Kit Orders in 2017 and 2018. Here's an extract. In 2017, two years before the alleged COVID-19 first appeared, hundreds of millions of PTR test kits with the product code COVID-19 test kit were bought by dozens of different countries and then distributed worldwide. The UK alone is listed as buying 6.3 million worth of COVID-19 test kits in 2017. Um, this has got some attention and upon its discovery in 2020, the site that handles the, 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 the selling, the World Integrated Trade Solution Supplier, they're called, changed the listing on their website, changed it from COVID-19 test kit to medical test kit. So if you, went, if you read about this and you went on that website, it would say medical test kit bought in 2017, 2018. Unfortunately for them, they only changed the name of the product, but they didn't change the unique product code. So although it says uh, medical test kit, when you go through, the SKU still says COVID-19 test kit. And uh, people have got the Google Archive webpage where it showed that they changed it in 2020 from COVID-19 test kit to medical test kit. So we've actual proof from as lot of three years ago that COVID-19 test kits, and that was their name, COVID-19 test kit, and the product code was COVID-19 test kit, was being bought by basically every major country, and then they were being distributed all over the country. In the UK, it's owned 6.3 million. This is what they say, and this is what we said so many times, when people go, they couldn't do 9-11, how could they get away with it? They don't get away with it. They always, always leave stuff like this, always leave a paper trail, always make mistakes, always, they're overconfident. And some could say, well, even when you find out things like this, what happens with it? Nothing happens with it. You know, nothing, ha nothing has happened with this. Apart from about 10 to 15 websites have popped up being like, ignore that, it's, it's, it's false information, it's, you know, miscategorized. But again, you can't, you, you can't, you can't hide it. You know, people have the archive. People don't know that Google Pages, when they're listed, uh, are archived. So you can always go back to Google Pages. And this is to show that when people change things, you can effectively prove it. But you can have Google Archives from 10 years back. And the Google Archive, dated 2017, shows that they were COVID-19 test kits. That was the name of them. 
And again, 2020, they changed the name. So anyone who goes on the website now won't see it, but it's too late. It's already been caught out. So again, I'll give you that. So if you want to Google hiding the test kits for millions of test kit orders in 2017, 2018, or you go on the Liberty Beacon website, you'll be able to read that. And they show you all the screenshots. They show you all the invoices from all the countries buying these COVID-19 test kits in 2017. So yeah. It's all there, and uh, have a look through that for all those people that don't believe it's planned. I mean, we knew it was planned anyway, obviously. Event 201, Agenda 2030, simulation lockstep. But just another big evidence. And again, the UK is listed, invoiced, £6.3 million, but you'll see America, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, you'll see all the countries on there. So. Smells like Matt Hancock all over it. It does, doesn't it? It's got is is obviously realised that they they do so much in the background and they just forget to cover up their steps because they as I said so many times they're overconfident they're not as intelligent and they're not as wise as they think they are you know they might feel like they're gods but they're still humans and they still make silly human errors <laughs> and uh, when they do we catch them that's what we're here for. <laughs> Um, this from the Guardian a truly frightening backlog ex-NHS chief warns of delays in vital care patients could be waiting up to two years for vital operations so in the article referenced uh, cancer diagnosis things like that so you can imagine especially with something like cancer which we know is the earlier you catch it the bigger your chance of survival is um, if you had to wait two years after they found a lump or a bump you know, the 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 most most cancer statistics are quite deceiving because they don't really tell you your chances of surviving. Most of the survival chances they quote are in five years. So, say if you have got bowel cancer, they'll go, "Oh, it's got a uh, you know, it's got sixty sixty percent survival rate if caught this time." But that's a survival rate of five years, uh, and many cancer sufferers will get to five years or six years or seven years and then die from the cancer once it spreads. And that's again because you go through chemotherapy, you have all these treatments, which normally puts you into remission. And normally, this is speaking from my own experience with my mum, you can go into remission for one, two years. When it, where where you've, your body has been so assaulted and so poisoned with chemo that not only can your own cells not grow and your hair not grow and your fingernails not grow, but your obviously the cancer doesn't grow. But when your body starts to kind of wake up again and it starts to get some life back, so does the cancer. So, you know, you go from your initial diagnosis, you normally have a surgery, the surgery doesn't work, then you'll have a chemotherapy, then you, you know, and it, it does draw, it's a very drawn out process. But you can imagine having, adding two years just to your diagnosis without treatment, without surgical intervention, without anything, two years is more than enough for people to just find out they've got a bump and then die from it, you know, a year later, un, unhindered, un, unhalted. And we knew this. Obviously, we knew this. We, you know, we're, all these people going on about COVID, with the average age of death in the UK is eighty-two point four years old. Average comorbidities are two point six. Uh, it has under sixty years old. Here's another statistic for you: under sixty years old with no comorbidities, meaning you haven't got cancer, you haven't got end-stage heart disease, you haven't got chronic renal failure, kidney disease you haven't got dementia, you haven't got Alzheimer's, without those comorbidities, 
under 60 years old, only 608 people have died in a year. And that's not saying they didn't have anything wrong with them. That's saying that they couldn't, well, at the time they died, they couldn't diagnose anything in particular. So they might come in with a, with effectively something like pneumonia and they might die in a week and they're not going to autopsy you after to see if you had a cancer, if you had a heart attack or anything like that. 608 people under 60 in a year, which, you know, you hear it and you go, oh, well, 608, you know, I can hear it now, the Karens, oh, if that was your family as one of those 608, you wouldn't feel that way. But I think more people die from falling coconuts more people, you know, it's in the tens of thousands of people that have silly accidents at homes that die. You know, people that slip on wet floors, uh, people that trip over in the shower. You know, I think it's in the, well, I know it is in the tens of thousands of people who die of that every year. But, you know, we're not doing anything about that, are we? We're not, we're not trying to lobby to get bungee cords added into people's showers so if they fall over they just bounce straight back up you know trampoline floors we're not doing anything like that so 608 in the grand scheme of things it, it really doesn't sound although it can sound like it's uh, that's still 600 people that died again these i don't know how to say it about sounding insensitive you know it, it's it's not anywhere near the realm of people that are dying from silly things silly things you know people that are dying from like i said little trips in the shower Sid, you know stuff that you would never think you would die from stuff that we don't even register coconuts falling shark attacks you know stuff that we don't even register on the scale as being oh this could be how i will die but there you go so uh makes you wonder doesn't it really really makes you wonder that has it been worth it? Has it been worthwhile? And again, the same argument. You could go, well, oh, imagine it was one of your family that was in that 608. Here's some better maths for you. Imagine it was one of your family that was in the 50 to 100,000 people that die of cancer every year. Or the 250,000 that die from heart attack every year. I know what side I'd rather be on. One in 68, you know what I mean? Uh, one, in, one of those 608 people or one of the hundreds of thousands of people that, that die from all those other illnesses. But, you know, only, only, one, only one cause of death exists in 2020 and 2021. That's, all the other ones don't matter anymore. I, this is a week of surprises, you know. It's, this is another one. I, I'm glad you're sitting down, Chris, because this would knock you down if you didn't hear it. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funded genom genomic firm, BGI Genomics they're called. This firm has been caught mining DNA data through COVID tests. Uh, a 60-minute expose on the company showed them using COVID-19 tests to collect, store and exploit biometric information on American citizens, according to US intelligence officials. So... I mean, how many times have we said that various apps, all they're interested in is capturing your face, your voice, your height, your stature? And again, that's something that you can't really capture on, a, on, on TikTok, you know. You can't capture, you can capture all that stuff, but you can't capture the biometric stuff, you know. How they're really going to know about your blood? And people go, oh, the, the, the government already has all your details. You know, the NHS has it. But what you miss 
is that the governments, as we said before, need to go under the pretense that they are legitimate. So the government can't just en masse go for your medical file and pluck all that stuff out there with a illegitimate reason, just because they want to. You know, they have to appear that they're doing it for a legitimate reason. Why do you think, as we said last week, that without telling you, without sending you a text or a letter or indeed anything, the NHS has said, as of September this year, they're going to use your data. They're going to share your data for research and um, experiment. And we covered that last week and opting out of that. Your data matters, NHS. Google it. Why do you think they have an interest in it? Why do you think they would go to that and they would go through an opt-out process where they have to get your permission to opt-out if they could just pluck it? They wouldn't need it because they have to maintain the illusion. But what do they do to get this stuff when they can't get it because eyes are on the government, because there's many industries that are looking at the government and making sure they're regulated? They get private companies to do it. They get corporations to do it. And that's what they've done now with BGI Genomics. They have had this company, so Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have funded it and kept the funding going, and through that funding, they said, oh, by the way, if you can scoop as much data about all these people as you can, you know, give them the test, but when they send the test back, take all the DNA samples, take all this, that, and the other, and then we'll, you know, you can link that into profile. And again, they've been caught by none other than US intelligence officials. So again, if you think that's nonsense, it's uh, been caught by the people actually doing their jobs for once. You know, <laughs> kudos to them. Uh, there's a, a certain measure of irony when, um, you know, an organisation, a government institution built on spying and collecting data flagged someone for spying and collecting data. They probably thought, hey, that's our data you're taking. Now. We had our stuff in marked. We paid you first. It's going to be one of those things. Isn't it? Find, uh, find out what he's paying you and we'll double it. Uh, it's always a catch, isn't it? But all the more reason when people go, look, it's just a test. It's just, just take the test. Like what, what have you got? You know, outside of being sterilized by the the ethylene oxide, I don't want to hand over willingly all of my information. And you can guarantee that with these private corporations, they're not again they're not held to the same high standard, and they don't have the same terms and restrictions and conditions that a, a government agency, a centralized agency, does. They have to. They they, they can do more or less whatever they want. Obviously, if you give them permission and by ordering a test, you know, they're going to have this big ream before you can order that test that says, this is what we're going to do, blah, 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 terms and conditions. You go, oh, sod it, agree, 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 yeah, next, next. <laughs> you, know, you know, one of the things, right, that, um, that got me um, last week, I said to someone, you know, don't do this, um, the test, mm. the sterilising ethylene oxide the masks sterilizing ethylene oxide. Mm. So they, they said, "Oh, why?" I said, "It's um, cancer causer causes cancer." Yeah. So they went, "Oh, um, they they research and they come back. Oh, yeah, but everything's sterilizing ethylene oxide." I said, "Okay, so what's the biggest killer in the world? Cancer." Yep, and going I, up every year. If I had a mic, I would have dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you laugh, doesn't it? It's, it's, crazy because it, it, it sunk in yeah. <laughs> it definitely sunk in then um so yeah uh but yeah have a have a check of that one bgi genomics you could just type in bgi genomics bravo golf india genomics into google and uh, a couple of sites have covered this one um uh 
Last two, one bad, one good. Uh, the bad one first, Pollock like a plaster. Uh, masks in class, rhyming. Now slated to remain until at least the 17th of May with an expectation they'll be dropped as part of the lockdown exit roadmap. With an expectation, they haven't committed to that. So they haven't said, as of 17th of May, we'll get rid of them. They have just an expectation that they should be taken away. But of course, as we mentioned so many times, what has the government said? Oh, there's going to be a big third wave in June. June is coming. So they're saying we're not going to let kids take the masks off until May, no earlier than the 17th of May. Remember, this whole roadmap has been possibly this date, but no earlier than this date. So if they push that back, you know, uh, two weeks, and then the third wave comes along, or the fourth wave, or whatever wave we're on now, they'll just say, oh, sorry, kids, you've got to keep them on. You've got to keep them on even longer, because... We, we really wanted to take them off on 17th of May, but we got kind of backtracked a little bit, so that was set back two weeks, and now's a third wave, and we can't have you taking it home and killing grandma and all that other nonsense. But again, of course they're coming after your kids. You know, They got you easy. For the most part, the parents, they got you dead easy. You know, you've already had your vaccine because you want to go on your... You still want to go back to Spain next year. But the kids, this is where you should really put your defence in, and people should go, you know what, do it to me, but maybe not to my kids, but... How much of that we're going to see? Uh, do you know what? It's been a year of of disappointment and and arguably heartbreak in my fellow man, and I can't see parents going. Nope, you know, you said they were taking off masks now, and you set it back. Uh, you know, this is damaging our kids. There you go. That was from the Telegraph. If you want to read into that. Um, last but not least, some good news. This was listed on the website before it's news, but it's also been reported in a lot of other places. Uh, government of Norway indicted for crimes against humanity over planned false pandemic. Um, under the leadership of renowned German lawyer Dr. Rainer Formick and an army of 100 plus lawyers, the second Nuremberg trial is pushing forward. So this is the esteemed and renowned lawyer I mentioned uh, a couple of episodes ago, uh, Dr. Rainer Formick, who has come out and said that he is going to unravel all of this. He's going to tear this down. Uh, he has quoted, he has gathered 100 lawyers behind him. And he specifically said, I have trained all of my lawyers in what's going on. They're all kept up to date. We're all going at this as one unanimous piece. So if you decide to take me out and I have an unfortunate, you know, suicide by comb, I cut my own head off while brushing my hair. It, the mantle is just going to be picked straight back up again. You know, you're not going to you're not going to assassinate your way out of this one. Uh, and he said, "I'm going to bring about the second Nuremberg trial." Um, this is the same doctor uh, and lawyer um, who had Volkswagen convicted for the dangerous modified catalytic converters um, and sued Deutsche Bank, had them convicted as a criminal enterprise. And they were forced to pay £130 million in damages, um, among many other cases. So this is a guy who has a good pedigree behind him and has now presented his case again to uh, Norway and is, is indicting the government. And he's also doing the same in Germany and, I dare say, will sweep across Europe like a force. So it's good news. It's good that, when again, when people see this stuff about vaccine passports, they go, oh, well, look, we can't fight it. Like, we should just get it. Again, they haven't made it mandatory if you have a vaccine yet. 
and they haven't made it mandatory for use of passports yet. And again, that's because legally they can't, and they can't because of individuals like Dr. Formick and people that are willing to fight and throw away really everything so you can keep the freedoms that you should be fighting for. And if you're not, shame on you. Um, I think that's us for the week. It's been quite a, it feels like quite relieving, productive. It's nice to get out. It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's decent just to, you know, you're any, you can't really post too much about this without looking like a nutcase. So it's nice to have a forum and a, a medium to, to present this stuff. And um, I've learned quite a lot this week as well. It's very informative <laughs> of some of the things that we, that you've come up with um, this week. So I can now drop them in the group for I, further extrapolation. La- last one, just a, um, a headline that I saw. UK trial of um, Oxford vaccine on children paused as regular as sorry as regulator probes rare blood clots in adults i think there's been about 40 odd blood clots already which isn't what i'd call rare well it it says rare in in the article itself this is no i'm I'm not sure i'm not sure i'll have to don't quote me on this because this could be this could be anti-vax misinformation but i'm swear the Oxford, the AstraZeneca vaccine, isn't an mRNA vaccine. I'm not sure if it's an mRNA vaccine or something else. It might be an mRNA vaccine. And again, I might have my wires crossed with another one. But um, I did sort of read a report that basically said they're attacking the mRNA, the uh, Oxford vaccine, sorry, because it was made more akin of the old style of vaccines, which we have a, a long lineage of. And they don't want you to take it. They want you to take the mRNA ones, the new like ones. Moderna. Yeah, so they're pushing the Moderna, the, the Pfizer, the BioNTech, and the Johnson & Johnson. Um, and the uh, AstraZeneca one is kind of, we need to flag this as one that people can't take because they, they might be okay on that one. So, again, we'll never know. The other ones, all the other vaccines, could have had four or five times the amount of blood clots. But they only seem interested in reporting the AstraZeneca ones and not the as you mentioned on a previous episode, the thousands of severe adverse events that the other vaccines are having. So um, I'll dig into that. And if it is the case that, again, it's not an mRNA vaccine, I'll I'll let you all know on the highlight of next week's episode. Um, but I'll correct it if I'm wrong on that one because I said I'm not 100% sure. So um, That's all from us from this week. Um, as I said, it's been, it's been good. It's been nice to vent. Yep. Uh, if you're listening keep doing you keep fighting keep pushing back uh, don't let them convince you that it doesn't matter that it's not worthwhile um, one tiny little anecdote here I've been reading uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life which is quite a good book um, if you're kind of like a self-help book but also talks a lot about society and culture and how we're failing as a civilization. Uh, and he talks about lobsters of all things and the human brain um, but he also says that whenever you suffer a defeat, whenever you get knocked down, and this can be in love, life, or by an authoritarian force, that your brain can actually chemically reconstruct itself to be defeatist, to accept defeat more easily. Uh, and he said that, you know, they've done so much research in lobsters where, you know, you might have a, 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 a say two lobsters had a fight for territory. Uh, one would get beaten and even if that same lobster came back 
and the lobster that beat him was old and frail and falling to bits and, you know, could have been picked off easily, it would oftentimes still lose to it because the brain had restructured itself to effectively accept defeat, accept the pressure and just give in more easily. So when you think, oh, I'm, oh, I'm just going to wear a mask in the supermarket, oh, I'm just going to do what I'm told, don't give an inch because they don't give back what they take. Keep fighting and then keep yourself going strong and, and it matters, it really does matter. Um, from myself and from Chris. Yep, I love that, man. I love that. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Say uh, no. Say no, yeah, say no to drugs. Take care, everyone. Look after yourselves. We'll see you next week.